Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome on back to the boys of 161st Street. This is episode 234, and uh, tomorrow is the start of the postseason for the Yankees. But before that, in kind of one fell swoop, the Mets and uh, the Blue Jays and the Rays all were eliminated. So pretty good day. Pretty good day for us. The uh, The movie for Vladdy Jr. ended a little early there, unfortunately for him. Um, in his house, too, was it not? No? Yes, it was. It uh, was yes. in his house? <clears throat> That's unfortunate, but um, it was a pretty good movie for us. Uh, yeah, so we are taking on the Cleveland Guardians. Honestly, like we mentioned before on the last episode um, and just previous episodes, I feel like I personally would have preferred to see the Rays. I know a lot of people don't really feel that way because we struggle against the Rays and go into the trop. So uh, mixed feelings, definitely, I don't know. I, I would have rather faced any of these teams coming out of that wild card round as opposed to the Mariners. So I guess that's a silver lining there because I do think that they can actually make a, a deep run. But lots, lots, lots to discuss here. Lineup talk. Uh, Chapman not making the roster and is just previewing this this series as a whole. But before we get into that stuff, how are we doing, fellas? We got a full house today. Aside from somebody telling me they're going to murder me today, I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> What, those regular Tuesday in New York. Yeah, get used to that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was my fault. I was crossing the street, so. Yeah, yeah can't do that. You. Yeah. How dare you. Were you in the crosswalk? I am. No, I was in the crosswalk with the, like, little go walking guy, and, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, shame on you. I mean, yeah. I totally had it coming. It was my fault. Yeah. <laughs> so, how's, how's everybody else doing other than that? Idiot. <laughs> Great. A little I, I tomorrow. can't wait for this time tomorrow. That's it. Yeah, kind of wild. This kind of really just came up pretty fast. And um, I don't know. Let's let's just start here. Let's say what's the overall feeling at a 10 going into this? I guess just confidence level. I know we've, we've gauged that at a, a large amount of points throughout the season. But I want to see how you guys are feeling. Now, you, now actually knowing who we're going against. First game, Cal Quantrill versus Garrett Cole. Obviously knowing what Garrett Cole has recently been doing and just blowing up after a perfect game and not really looking too great. So, how do we feel? Six point four. That's I'm. Spot. I think that's so fair. <laughs> I think that's right I'm, on the money. I'm feeling. I'm feeling a lot worse than what the odds are. Gee, the odds are. Yeah. Minus oh my god. Two ten for the Yankees. If you were Jeez, a betting man, they move that much. If you were a betting man and didn't have bias towards the Yankees, you should take the Guardians. <clears throat> I'm taking a little I, bit of I a say that from a strictly I'm taking them to win. I'm taking the Guardians to win the series. 
It's I mean, don't do that. Don't do that. No, no, this is not how we should start this episode off. All right. Murph, I, I, Murph, I we did the whole. Yeah. Come on, dude. We did the whole thing with the, you know, with the picking the Astros to win the World Series. Dude. Posted the whole thing. Let's just not go down that Let's path see. again. Or at least, how okay. much? Would, how much would you pay for the Yankees to win this series? How much would I pay? You had to pay right now. Is I know it what like you're saying. Is it a realistic price or is it? Yeah, but I'm saying like, those with those like odds, I'll throw some money on the on the Indian or on the guardians and you know i hope i lose i do but i'm not gonna for those odds if you're gonna be objective i'm gonna take them i we're facing the most dangerous team in the playoffs that came out of the wild card you think so i don't agree i don't agree i I think the mariners Mariners are are, the mariners are like the guardians on steroids they literally are the same team as guardians but with better players they do everything right but they're better i don't think i don't think they are i think cleveland's the, the most dangerous team coming out of there Especially and and the team that we match up against the worst as well. Why do we match up against them the worst? Because of how that good their with. pitching is. Because the and if anything, if you want to boil it down, the Yankees have the better lineup. I don't think there's a debate about that. But Cleveland has far and away the better bullpen. And the only reason that we have a little bit of an edge in game one is because they're starting Quantrill. But and I that's why I wished it went to a game three, because then they would have been forced to throw somebody else out there. But no, they would, thrown, Quantrill, they would have thrown. They would have thrown. Oh, you mean in our game they would have thrown a different person. In our game, they, they, they probably Quantrill. would have been. Uh, it would have been uh, Savale probably, and so they're gonna be able to throw Bieber in two games now, and they're which I guess they would have anyway. But now, you know, in in five games, it, it in game five theoretically, it's probably gonna be Bieber, and then it's gonna be for us probably Nestor. On three days rest. If we're being honest, if though, it's game five. that's game, that that's far. also game two. But, but yeah, that's a good preview to game two because game two is Nestor versus Bieber. And if we're being honest, I know we had these conversations all the time, and everybody kind of feels the way that Nestor would. I'd probably feel more confident with Nestor going out there. That's neither here nor there. But I think the general feeling in, in Yankee Land is that Nestor would be their personal game one starter but obviously that won't ever be the case because we're paying cole this much money so if you if like the fact that it lines up that way i would argue that i'm more confident in the the bieber day because it's accidentally lined up with nestor versus the you know the general way it would it would shake out with bieber their one versus our quote-unquote one being cole in game one so i I don't know what do do you guys agree with that or no I don't know. It's tough because if you also gave me the matchup of Nestor versus uh, Quantrill in game one, I feel confident in that. And then, you know, you have your number one going up against their number one. And I think it kind of helps us out that Nestor has been as good to be in this conversation and matching him up with Bieber is great too. But I don't know, man. I don't Chandler, know. what was that like? <clears throat> we were talking about this earlier about um, Cal Quantrill's uh, – I love how you call Stats. him. Just, you're, it's just like it's a new name. Just throw that into the ring here, and it's a new name, a new opportunity to fuck up his name. And Quantrill. There's Quantrill, a, it's T R I L L, like Trill. You said Quantro. <laughs> whatever. Don't call him by his correct name from here on out. Just wanted to throw that I in mean, there. But what's, continue. What's new? What's new? Um, what what was his home stats? Aren't his home stats like? Yeah, he's never, he's never lost a game at home while yeah. on the Guardians. He's in three Which years. Which is fucking he's insane. Like, he's like sixteen and zero in like thirty three games. Sounds All right, well, at least we're not getting him at home. Did you say 
Yeah, big sample size. Oh, I thought you were saying that's a small sample size. Like, I, I mean, far from I don't it. Know. It wasn't like ten years, but <laughs> is that a, is, no, like a, just, is that a hundred percent? Like that's that's a fact. That's a fact. I double checked. Yeah, I heard insane. it on MLB Network. I was like, "There's no way." And I <laughs> that's checked, crazy. So. But the yeah, the reason that I think we don't match up well though is because our biggest question mark far and away is the bullpen, and that's one of their biggest strengths. You know, they went into a 15 inning game and shut the Rays out for that long. Yeah, they couldn't hit the Rays either, but the bats are going to have to come alive in a big way if we're going to get by Cleveland, and that's not a guarantee. Sorry, I, I, was, just, I, game, I was just I was just double checking. That is correct. It's insane. I know you need to win. You need to win game one. While all their pitchers, they're coming off that big emotional, I guess sweep if you want to call the two game sweep. But they're coming off that. They just use sixteen innings worth of pitchers. Like if if there's a game to win to get out and get momentum, obviously no shit. It's game one. But you know when when you play a game or a series like this, and you have home field you can get away with losing game one, kind of getting punched in the teeth and rebounding because you got, you know, two, three more games at home. I think with this series, with the state of their bullpen after how they threw it, I know they have a couple days off and everything, but they threw 12 pitchers in one game. You need to get out and you need to, you know, you need to shock them a little bit. Not really shock them, but put them in their place, not in like a rude way because they are a very good But you know what I mean. Like you need to come out and take care of business. You can't come out in game one you can't come out in game one flat when they're coming off a series like that, I guess is all I'm getting at. Cause you come out in a normal series. Look at the, how we played the Astros in 2019. Also fun fact, that was our last home game in the playoffs was that Aaron Hicks home run, but that's wild. Like, I know you said that, but you told it to us before just, and I just can't believe that that's, I know it's true, but that's just insane. But look at how we came out in that series, right? We came out and we beat the fuck out of the Astros in game one. And it was like, okay, this is it. This is our season. They came back, and obviously we all know, we all know how it went. They won in, what, five, six games, six games. So I don't, I don't think this is one of those situations. I think if you come out and you come out flat in game one with a team that just had the series that they had, that's that's really bad. Like, I think that's worse than just a normal loss. Yeah. Especially sense. when they're going to turn Which, their one and two on you. Right exactly that. maybe and maybe that's maybe that's an obvious thing to say because you always want to win game one but i i just think with the state of their bullpen and how that wild card series played out like you're at a severe disadvantage if you have to play a three-game set before this which mm-hmm. is why i kind of like the wild card series a little bit no i like it it's too. kind of it, it's <clears throat> fun it was a lot of fun to watch but it also puts you at a dis it incentivizes you to win your division it incentivizes you to you know go out there and there's something to play for right that's a ripple um, that i didn't even think about is that the new age wild card versus the old wild card which obviously we've been in enough wild cards and, and we know how those are they're very exciting but it is only one game and albeit you know the indians only played two the only team that played three was the mets at rip but that is i think it's just as exciting yeah. that's what i was no, i think it's, about, I, that's that what it i mean be quite as exciting and it is because it's still life or death death every game like even, even if you're even up 1-0 it. like that not getting to that third game is just as important as winning the series. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm not even yeah. saying it I'm, from I'm, an I'm exciting standpoint. Yeah, from a detriment. It, like, it has so much like impact on what you do going forward in those following series. Like it changes the way you manage a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was saying is that I yeah, it still has that same excitement factor. It's much better when we're not in it, obviously. Um, but I think it's 
it incentivizes you more, like you said, Chandler, to win your division because the detriment to playing a three-game series to a, a day with one day's rest in between uh, is that much greater when you don't well, when you when you have to play in a three-game series. But it's not it just through. winning your division because if you win your division, like the, even the, that, yeah, the Guardians right. won their division. It, you know, it's it's actually if anything, Getting a top it's two, more, yeah, it's more that yeah, the, whether you win your if you win your division, you're not guaranteed to buy. So you need to separate the gap between you and the other two best teams in the AL, not just your division. If you have an eight game lead on the division, you're not going to take a back seat. If you're down a game or two to the buy, because right. that's what, what matters. You know, I think that, that gives us, you, that, yeah, that that allows you, that gives you more just, of a, yeah, to, just resting everybody in September, which is good for the game. And you know, at first when they expand the playoffs, I was kind of against it because you don't want teams that are hovering around 500 sneaking in and just kind of staking up the playoffs. Cause that's, I mean, that does nothing for anyone. If you had the mm-hmm. fucking Rangers and 2020 or last year, whatever the year was that they were like three games under 500 and a game out of the playoffs. If you have that in there, there's really no room for that, but I think it worked out perfect this year. And I don't think it will going forward, not to this extent, but it really gives you an incentive to go out there and play your, and they change the rosters in September. It's not where you can have 40 people anymore. You're not watching triple a teams play each other. I think those kind of coincide and that, you know, it gives you a more competitive product for an extra month. And right. it's more fun to watch. Yeah. And I, I also think that it, it, it makes the entire, like every seed that's in it and the ones that are on the outside looking in, obviously they want to make it into the wild cards. The wild cards still exist and expanded so that more teams are being more competitive or trying to be. But I do think it makes those teams at the top who are winning their division, and they may be winning their division by a lot, like i.e. what usually happens in like the AL Central and stuff like that. It makes that team have extra stuff to play for as opposed to what it used to be because they want that buy because of the same reason. They don't have to play in a wild card series. So uh, after a one time through or one real time through because 2020 and then, I don't know, a few times through seeing this new format, I, I really like it and I think it's working. So I think that's one thing that... I don't know if I want to directly credit Manfred for that, but Manfred and Co. This is uh, this is a win for them, I think. Um, but yeah. Well, you you look this year. I mean, this obviously, like Chandler was saying, won't be every year. But every team that was in the playoff, even with the expansion, deserved to be a playoff team. You look at the teams that got eliminated. Toronto deserved yep. to be a playoff team. Right. Who you missed know, last year too? Even the Rays. You know, I would. You could maybe argue the Rays might have been one of the worst teams, but they in the you know they lost two zero, but they were in games. They were in it. They should have been a playoff team. You have the Mets who had a colossal collapse, but they won one hundred one games. Should have been a playoff team. And then you look at, you know, the Cardinals, and they should have been a playoff team too. So, and everybody else won a playoff series. So everyone that made it this year deserved to be in it. In my opinion. I have a question. How did so many MLB? personalities like people that do this for a living pick tampa because murph and i talked about this on the last episode and it's i kind of want to revisit it now that this series is over and it went about as we expected uh i i think on that both of us agreed that they would be lucky to see three games and there's just really no way i think it was exactly what i said there's no possible way that tampa wins that series and they didn't and it wasn't it wasn't overly competitive. Like obviously the scores were close, but they didn't fucking hit. They had like one run and like seven hits and, you know, 23 innings. You know what I think it was in hindsight? I I don't get how people pick. I don't understand how MLB personalities just overwhelmingly pick the race. It's because of how young Cleveland is. They're the youngest team in baseball. But that's what Cleveland has been there. Everyone, almost everybody on that Tampa roster, especially, 
great pitchers have been there. And I think that was what it was. Yeah. I don't think it was right, clearly. That could be it, but um, also but Chandler. It didn't oh, occur sorry. to me at the time. No, that's it. It just didn't occur to me at the time to say it on Monday, but or on Thursday. But yeah, I mean, I think that was really what it boiled down to is that they're the youngest roster in baseball. And that's going to matter, you know, when you're playing postseason games in the Bronx. You have to play, if it goes to five games, they're going to have to play three in the Bronx and they're young guys and they're going to have to hit. Yeah. And I, I think another thing as a reason why these, ex, not execs, but these media people, uh, the old talking heads are picking the Rays because I think there's this, just not even just them, but I feel like across the league, this thought that the Rays are just always going to Ray and like they're going to do their thing. It just doesn't matter. Their payroll is always going to be low, all that stuff. I, I'd said it before this season. I just don't think their team was that good this year. And I know. Yeah. That's tough to say because they're it always doesn't look good and their rays are always gonna ray, but I think that's probably why they were picking them. And obviously like maybe a Rosarena and his prior World Series and all that stuff. And I don't know. There's a little bit more of a known commodities, at least on on the pitching side too, with McClanahan and I know they have Bieber, but they also have, you know, Glasnow, but Glasnow wasn't Bieber gonna hasn't go, wasn't gonna go very long. Great in the postseason too. Right. And especially against us too, which we'll preview as well in a sec. But I think it was mainly those top two horses that they had in, in Glasnow coming back. But I don't know, man. I mean, this team, this this Guardians team is very good. They're very young. I think that I could mean, be – that, like that, I think you're right. I think that's – For a long time, too. That's one of the reason yeah. why the Rays were kind of favored. Not favored, but they, they were like <clears> – it tells me a closer series than it actually was. But, like, Jose Ramirez in general has been the most underrated player for the last, like, seven years, I feel like. And it just goes to show – it reflects on the team itself too because they just loves cleveland well. well i would argue honestly that cleveland does the same thing as the rays and arguably better like yeah do you do people they praise the, the rays year in and well they, they praise the rays year in and year out about being this pitching factory and how you're just churning out guys like shane baz and mcclanahan and glasnow and all these different pitchers and david price and jamie shields and you know just to go back throughout the years but look at look at what the guardians previously the indians have done they lost kluber they lost power they lost carrasco and um there's one more i'm missing but you lose all those guys and they replace them with shane bieber clevenger you replace him with shane bieber with mckenzie with plezak who's pretty damn good with savali who's not bad i mean with uh all of those Cal, they made, yeah. like and they just continue to... to churn these guys out. and you got karen check in the back you got classe in the back like Every single thing that they do is very Rays esque. They lost Lindor. Like they're not a high dollar big market team. They do the same thing. I just feel like they fly under the radar a little more because they don't play in the AL East. They kind of they kind of hide a pretty shitty division. Mm-hmm. But I would argue that they do it just about the same, if not better. I agree. And they have all they seem to pull out both bullpen arms out of nowhere the same way the Rays do too because you have. Uh you know, Stefan and Henges and Morgan and the, all these other guys that come out of nowhere. And all of a sudden, you know, they're throwing for under three ERA each. And, you know, you don't want to see them in the middle innings either. And that's where they have bullpen depth too. And during our preview with the Rays, I thought the Rays had a greater bullpen depth. I was wrong. You know, when they went into that 15 inning games, they were putting up guys in the bullpen, bringing them out. And then they were like, oh, this guy had a 270 ERA out of the bullpen this year. Cool. Never heard of him. Where'd he come from? And we're going to have to go up against him. Yeah, That's no, two, two other names, so, too. So essential, real quick, that lead. But it's not because the obvious you want to get out to a lead in a playoff series. If you have any advantage, no matter how slight it is, it's now. Like, to go out and take care of that before the bullpen's rested, because, 
I mean, you got Quantrill and then you got Bieber and then McKenzie who Bieber's going to go. I mean, even when we shelled him in the 2020 series, he still went like six innings. Like the dude, the dude's a horse. He's going to throw playoffs and he's going to throw, I mean, barring just an absolute meltdown, he's going to throw six innings. You got to attack them now. You got to get the momentum. You have to go ahead and give yourself that cushion. Absolutely. So I was just going to say <clears throat> two other deals that we didn't mention, uh, the Corey Kluber trade and the Trevor Bauer trade. So they did it for Clevenger, Bauer, um, Kluber. What were the other ones you mentioned? Clevenger. Carrasco. Uh, Carrasco. They, like, they're trading away these. They, they are – they are the crate. They're doing all these deals, which are all looking fantastic. I mean, the Lindor trade, I forget what they got in return for that, but the Kluber one, um, that ended up being Emmanuel Classe, Delano de Shields. Emmanuel Classe is obviously the big, big thing there. And they traded them to the Rangers, and the Rangers got half, they got like three games of Kluber. So that's a fucking huge win. They, they low key are fleecing people in these deals. Um, the Mike Clevenger deal. And not to make this just about the the Indians front office for, but it's just, it, this is crazy because they got Quantrill, they got Naylor, they're getting a bunch of people um, for just these pitchers that you know aren't they're they seemingly are trading them at the perfect time, so it's just it's kind of crazy. I mean, uh, we do need to if we're gonna pre a series about them, we do need to praise their front office because that's the exact reason that we're scared of them. Like, I, I people are already looking ahead to God. I hope. Mariners beat the Astros for the CS or man, I can't wait for revenge against the Astros. I mean, this is no cakewalk. Like I feel just as confident beating the guardians as I do. Maybe not just as much, but like, it's not some massive gap between the guardians and the Astros where I'm like, I can't wait to get this over so we can get to the CS. Like I I'm sweating thinking about this series. It yeah, does not this- play well until, it is not a good matchup for us. Yeah. Wait, one last thing, Murph. The, on the Lindor deal, they got Andres Jimenez, Ahmed Rosario, Isaiah Green, and Josh Wolf. But the main two there is Rosario, who's having a very good year this year, which nobody really knew. He's he's doing awesome, and Jimenez is the big haul there. But it's they've been fleecing people for a while now. Uh, but yeah. uh, well, what I said last time we recorded, uh, you know, from last week, is that uh, shit. I lost my train of thought. That's unfortunate. It's okay. Well, that's all right. We'll continue. Sorry. It was. Do you want to do you want to get into the lineup <laughs> lineup preview then? Yeah. Well, um, we're missing a few a few quick notes before we get into lineup. I yeah. Why don't you get into those? About, well, you want well you wanted to talk about Chapman before we got into anything. Right. Like, let's do that. Which I guess that would be a good segue into it because what a fucking idiot. I'll just leave it at that. Somebody else could take over because, I mean, Jesus fucking Christ, dude. What do you yeah. mean? You're a fucking loser, dude. I mean, you're a fucking loser. And that's com- that's coming from me, so that hurts. Yeah, so it for context. decision for everybody else. Yeah, for context. And we were talking about this for a while before um, they made the decision to not have him on the roster. They didn't announce the full roster yet, but they did announce a few pieces of it that, you know, they'll be going with 12 pitchers as opposed to 13 and 13. So they're going to carry one less pitcher. And another uh, bat. So that's a couple of little housekeeping things. But specifically on Chapman, which is the question we've all been wondering. And we thought, just based on the talent, how much he's been, how bad he's been recently, that we would straight up not have him on the roster. But we thought maybe they would do it just because it's Chapman. 
and you know how much he's making and I know they toyed with the idea of the DFAing him so there really it was a big question just on the talent alone like we were saying but then uh, he said he would attend the mandatory workout if he was going to be on the postseason roster he wanted them to give him that assurance the Yankees did not give him that assurance that he would be on the postseason roster so Chapman stayed home in Miami the Yankees told him to stay there <laughs> so I think that would be Probably the end of uh, Araldis Chapman's postseason, or Araldis Chapman's Yankees career. I know they didn't rule him out yet for the ALCS roster if we end up going that far, but I, I think that probably I would rule him out personally because, like we were saying, I, I don't think he would have made it on his own merit alone. And then on top of that, he just showed that he's just like, I mean, where do you get the, the gall for just asking and asking for that assurance and then if they don't give you that assurance because you haven't been good like you you don't you didn't earn that you didn't earn the assurance to be on the roster and the very fact that you're asking if you're going to be on the roster means you don't you think you're not good enough to be on the roster that you have that question in your mind because you suck so like I, i don't understand where he gets this like false sense of attitude i know it's it's previous chapman and he is he thinks he's still that guy but i mean it's it's just i don't know well he he knew he was on the cusp for the same reason that we all did. And it's that they never confirmed whether or not he'd be on the roster beforehand. And if he was pitching the way that the guys who are locks would be, you know, if they asked Boone, if say, you know, Holmes is going to be on the roster and maybe that's a bad example because he's hurt, but say Loisiga, he's going to say yes. Cause obviously he's going to be on the playoff roster, but he was a cusp guy and they beat around it. So he, he knew that it was a question mark going in either way, but. You know, he wrote his own fate, and nobody wanted him on the roster. There's nobody that's like, oh, that's a shame. You know, we're, we're really losing something there. But, God, I really wish he was Chapman. Though, I mean, I dude, I just, like, I don't even think that we're missing that much from him. Because what has he prov- – our bullpen, even in the beginning of the year when he had his faux injury slash – ineffectiveness slash whatever you want to blame it on. Like the beginning of the year, our bullpen was dominant. I know we had Michael King and there was a lot of different factors, but we have not missed Chapman at all this year. And that's just the bottom line. Like I'm not upset that we don't have prime Chapman because that, I mean, that's how baseball works. He's in his mid thirties now. And I mean, you listen to Michael K talk about it. He's like, yeah, he's not special. He's sitting there in a bullpen full of guys that throw 98 to a hundred. That's what he does, and he doesn't locate it. He doesn't do anything particularly well. He said he thinks that's probably something like a mental battle for him. Is like, I can't overpower people anymore. I don't really do anything great. I'm just another run-of-the-mill guy that throws average. So, I mean, where – I don't I don't even – yeah, I miss prime Chapman, but I also miss prime Mariano Rivera. To me, like, they're just like – he's gone. Prime Chapman's been gone for a long time. I was never counting on that this year at any point. There will, there was there was that one moment for the first half of last year that Prime Chapman we had that conversation that that was this was. the best version of Chapman because he was doing different things he was mixing in different pitches he was he had not the splitter yeah he added the splitter he wasn't work, just trying to overpower the fastball so I don't know yeah, I, he hasn't that. been gone for a while like he yes the second half of last year he sucked but we did have that conversation and everybody was agreeing we posted the clip about it. Everybody in Yankee land was agreeing that that might potentially be the best version of Chapman that we've seen in his career. That being like the Reds back in the day, Chapman, which we might get a new version of that. He's probably going to go back to to the Reds. Honestly, Uh, I could see him going there or like another small market team. 
No, I don't know. we we were at that fork in the road that you were just talking about, you know, in the middle of last year where he developed the splitter and it's like, okay, yeah, he's not going to throw 105 anymore. He's not going to be special in that sense, but he figured out a way to adapt the same way that a lot of guys do when they get to that age. You know, see, you saw that with CC. He he developed and pitched based off purely his knowledge of pitching and and adapted and you know, Chapman didn't put the work to do that. And there were so many times where he could have, you know, steered the ship back on course and he didn't. They were talking about how uh, I think Chapman or um, Cashman was talking about this in his interview, but they tried to get him back on track, you know, with the West Coast trip and because he pitched better on the road and that was supposed to be easing him back into it. And then he went and got the tattoo and it got infected and, and that was it. So it I seems like he's had it. all the chances <laughs> in the world to well, write I mean, the ship you and you saw like a little too? bit and then he did and then he never did. And it's his own fault. And good. And- it gave the Yankees an excuse to leave him off. Sorry. In all their conferences, too. No, you're good. That, that would need to be said. In all their conferences, too, yesterday, we've all, as an organization, felt this entire season that his head wasn't really in it. Like, he never fully bought into this team. And the fact that they haven't ruled him out for a CS yet is wild. That's in case like, of emergency. The, but I don't even care. I would rather take a Greg Weissert. I would take a guy that wants to be there over an older, ineffective chapman that doesn't. I would too, but I you, would, you, there's no reason to rule him out for the rest of the playoffs. If, if yeah, really there is. You don't want to show you up could to your workout. Up for it. No, no. You don't want to you don't want to show up to your workout. And this is what they were talking about in the Michael King show too. They weren't asking him to do some crazy tryout. This was a no. team workout. You don't want to show up to a team workout, stay the a fuck mandatory. Home. Yeah, and they workout. did. And it's and it's he's gonna be gone for the workout. postseason. We know like, that, but they, there's no way to, there's no reason to make that an absolute yeah, you is. don't have to. And they didn't have Yeah, there to. is make a point. The fuck out they of here. Did. You don't That's be, if you don't want to Yeah, but you rule them our playoffs. You don't want to be here. I don't fucking want you here. It's not you don't earn the right to do so that. How many people have to go you down before you, before you before you have them on the next roster? A thousand. I would take any single player in AAA over at a Roldis Chapman that doesn't want to be there. That's fucking awesome. You throw ninety eight miles an hour and can't locate it. There's a billion guys like that in our minor leagues. That's I'm true. not kidding. I think a single A player, a single A player throws 98 and can't locate. What's the difference? No, I he just, wants I don't know. and he wants to be there. I don't Fuck think you. there's a reason to completely rule him out if you don't have to. Not I don't you, think they the had way. to. Fuck I think Chapman. they handled it perfectly. They said you don't want to show up. Fine, we're going to take the guys that do. But there's no reason to make ALCS roster decisions when you haven't even gotten there yet. Yeah, there is. You don't want to be a Yankee anymore. Fuck you. Don't be a Yankee. Bye. Have fun in Miami. I mean, I'll I'm fine with that. I wouldn't be mad if they did any that. Any number of guy, yeah, I, I don't know. I there's don't, know. Of, I don't no, think there's, there's a lot of guys that I, I was gonna start reading names of guys that I would take over Chapman. I mean, no, there guy, are a lot of guys. That guys that do but... not make the roster, and we're only carrying twelve in this for pitchers. I mean, in a in a CS, they'd probably carry at least thirteen because there's more pitchers that are probably gonna be used. It's a seven game series versus a five, but I mean, we talked. Clark Schmidt's probably not gonna make the roster. I would take him over Chapman. Clark uh, Schmidt's gonna make the roster. You think so? Well, regardless, we'll keep going down the list then. Um, obviously Montas might not make it because of injury reasons. So that's another guy that would take his, his spot there. Licky might've not made the roster because, you know, of potentially Chapman making the roster. So I would take Licky over him, but again, they're taking only, only 12 Weissert. I think I would take him over Chapman. I think solely because of the, he wants to be there aspect of it. Um, I think he's better. I think that these guys are better too. Like why, why do we, and sorry to cut you off, but this is like a, underlying thing of a bigger problem like why do we have this loyalty to a Roldis Chapman what has he done particular think about the playoffs and then we'll work back 
What has he done in the playoffs for the Yankees? Absolutely fucking nothing. The season has ended in his hands two or three times now. Okay. So reduce him to a lesser role. What has he done in the last two years, aside from his good May in 2021, that convinces you that he's a playoff caliber pitcher? If you're looking for a guy that can eat innings, we have plenty of people that throw hard and can't locate. Like I said, I I just like – I don't understand why there's any portion of the fan base or the front office for that matter that thinks he serves a purpose anymore. Just to play devil's advocate, I I will say – that he has ended the season a ton of times recently, but that's solely because, I mean, it's because he's bad, but it's also because he is in those spots. So, like, he won't – somebody else might have also blown it, but he was in those leverage spots. But regardless, he did blow it. So I just wanted to say that. But, uh, yeah, I agree. And, I mean, the, and, the question isn't whether or not he'd be useful. It's just it's whether or not they needed to to make that pre that premeditated decision ahead of time. I like their approach to focus on the DS and not make any decisions that they didn't have to. Yeah. Do you know what I think it is? I don't think it's anything about, like, I mean, no one would make any decision about the DS at this point. Anyway, you don't know how it's going to go. You don't know who's going to get hurt. And, and, and to be honest, I think them not saying that he's a part of the ALCS is not giving any like, thought to him it's like it's not about you we don't care like we you were not even thought about you're barely thought about for the ds you were you weren't gonna make the roster probably anyway without the assurances so i think the fact that they haven't ruled him off is just because like they're saying basically who cares like you're you probably wouldn't have made it regardless so i I think this makes it an easy, easy decision and i think that's why they probably haven't said it as well because he's just yeah i think what murph you're saying is right but i think what you're saying is right as well chandler like if the barring like a, a crazy circumstance where seven pitchers go down in the next series, I, I don't think we'll be seeing Raldis Chapman. I think if we can not, fill a roster without Raldis Chapman with anybody, I think they will. I'm not saying, just for the record, I'm not saying they should have came out immediately and be like, "Yeah, fuck this guy, like burn him to the ground. He'll never be on one of our teams." Like I don't, I don't think that's necessary. All I'm saying is, I, you say that there's a world out there where enough injuries pile up to where Roldis Chapman makes the, makes the roster. I don't see that. I don't see that being the case. The only possible, the only way that I think that he deserves a spot is if all, what what do we have? Three starters and 12, nine bullpen guys. Yeah. So three stars, nine bullpen guys. The only way that's possible is if all three starters get hurt, Tyone gets hurt, Domingo gets hurt. And, probably six other bullpen arms get well that's the world i was talking about i was saying if every one of those people got hurt that would be the world where he would be on the roster but even then then, honestly i think they would pick up people off the scrap heap yeah i i have no desire to have (laughs) him is that unrealistic if you're not going to show up to a workout like if you can't make a commitment to even show up then i have no no need for you what if he what if he did show up but he showed up with a a full beard and long hair like (laughs) against the yankees beard policy just like fuck you guys i'm here but i got a name on the back too it's about me (laughs) he gets a jersey he gets a jersey from outside the yankee stadium where they have the names on the back and he's just like yep this is this is about me number 54 the cuban missile like that's the (laughs) that's just breaking all the yankees rules what do you think they would do uh 
I don't know. Throw Tom them on the, the railroad the tracks. Change the, <laughs> Throw them on the railroad change tracks. Change the locks on the fucking doors. It'd be like that video from uh, the Jamal, Adams, Jamal video. Adams on the Jets. Like, date year two? They cut me already? Yeah, they cut me already. <laughs> Except he had a lot more runway, and he has, he's blown everything, every opportunity he had in the playoffs. So... Uh, that is the end of Aroldis Chapman. That was basically his eulogy. Maybe we'll write one for him for next episode because did he I die do- on the song. I think he Ooh, did, yes, he did. Wow. which is a very tough way. That that's our first death on the sun because there has been other scenarios like self-inflicted deaths. Like he, he committed suicide on the sun. I think, um, yeah. I think other situations like, you know, says Luis Sessa, did he get off before he got traded? No, no. But there's been people that wasn't have... he like no I'm I'm pretty sure he was off when he got traded. He was, I think he did. Kind of lighten it up. He might have been. Him? I think he might have been. He did it right before. And I think as as a courtesy for him being a locker room guy, I think we took him off. But there have been people that have retired. Jay Bruce that have been on the Sun before. Um, maybe this is the second. I don't know. Maybe Chapman just feels so jaded by the the Yankees and the the whole league that he might just hang him up. I don't know. Uh, Remains to be seen. We'll find out. But that is the end of Aroldis Chapman, I think, with 100% certainty as a Yankee. So, yeah, I don't um, think he comes back at all. Yeah. Also, like, you know, if, even if like, you're like a teammate, like, why would you even want him back at this point? Like, why would you want to play with him? No. Uh, so. Why would you want to play with him before? It's not like he's a noted great dude. Well, I'm saying now, now he's <laughs> just like the whole team. Like, <laughs> you're not get, you're not getting a saint when you get Aroldis Chapman. You're getting an $18 million borderline felon that. Yeah. He's getting an asshole up. as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's it for all this Chapman. Let's get into the uh, preview a little bit here. So where do you see? So the, the the matchups are what? It was Quantrill game one against Cole Nestor versus Bieber. Shane Bieber. And then it's McKenzie again, I'm assuming. Game yeah, three. McKenzie Sevy. Yeah, and then game four gets interesting because we could roll out Cole on normal rest, and then they we're not going to have a game four, Nolan. All right, but yeah, if they did, then we're <laughs> kind of at an advantage us. again because either. So this is where it gets interesting, and obviously the events of the first three games would matter in this circumstance. But we would theoretically be able to roll out Cole on normal rest, and then they would either have to throw. Cal Quantrill on three days rest or Savale on normal rest. And then for or game Plezak. five, or they could throw Plezak. I feel like it'll be Savale instead of Plezak just because Plezak was warming up in the bullpen when they were in that 15 inning game, which I mean, I, mean, I know Corey, series, and Rasmussen but... both threw for the Rays and those were both of their game three starters. So. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I, I feel like it's really going to be Savale, anything they but... had bullpen wise. I think you got to take all that with a grain of salt. Let's let's like you said. Let's play these first three games. I think if we get out to a two to one lead, well, I guess there's an off day built in. Can you throw Cole again on full rest, or is he four days rest? So Cole's normal rest would be game four, or you could give him five days rest and throw him for game five. Yeah, because there's travel days built. Because if you throw, there's one or two travel days built. Like they did some weird shit with the schedule. So the travel days are so there's an off day on the twelfth. And then there's not a travel day. Let's see. There's an off day on the 12th, then the 13th, then there's a travel day on the 14th. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, the 14th. So Then it's Saturday, three. Sunday, Monday for games three, four, five. No, Cole would be on full rest. One, two, three, four. For game four. No, four, day, four days rest. So four days rest. Do you so throw, that's normal. That's, that's where it gets interesting. Do you want to throw Cole on four days rest, or do you want to give Tyone or 
Domingo a shot. So here's, I think, here, I think you look at thing. how, I think it's, if you're up two to one and your bullpen's in good shape, I think you throw Domingo. Why is there? I feel like it's going to be Tyone instead of Domingo, but I mean, I'm okay. I don't, with I mean, pick a name. I don't, I don't, I don't care yeah. either way. And there's a good chance that they could piggyback each other. Because here's saying, the other thing though. I think if, if you're two, one real quick, I, I'm just going to wrap up my thought with this and then go off from there. But I, I think there's like a pretty decent chance. If you're two, you're up two games to one, your bullpen's in good shape. Say Cole and Nestor and Sevy all gave you quality starts. They're giving you innings. You really haven't had to tax anybody with these high leverage innings. And maybe you lost a close one in there. I don't really see a reason to run them out there on four days rest. Well, four days rest is kind of normal for the postseason, but I, I'm kind of with you because then also you look to game five and then Nestor would be on three days. And so would Bieber. But we, if we, if Nestor well, game or five, if J-Mo if, throws game scenario, four, in then this you scenario, have game five, on... Cole game five. Right. I agree. So okay. would you? So then you go to game five, and then say you throw JMO game four, then you're either going to be going up against Bieber on three days rest or Quantrill on full rest, and either one of those, Cole on five days rest, has the edge there, in my opinion. Plus, Plus you could I think also I would rule it out. Cole I would rule four. it out that Sevy goes in game five along with Cole. Like what if you Sevy won't be able out to there? go game five? No not way. Sevy, not Sevy, not Sevy. Nestor, 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 oh. Nestor. Well, that'd be like, three why, what rest stops, too, but, Yeah. What stops the Yankees though from using Nestor in his previous role, and you throw Cole out there? Say he gives you five, he gives up one. His pitch counts a little high because that's what Garrett Cole does. And then you roll out. You don't. You don't want to push him a third time through the order. Why don't you pull? Why don't you pull Nestor for two innings? See, I don't think I think if Cole's pitching well through five, unless his pitch count is astronomical, you can't rely on the bullpen enough to pull him out to not face the order the third time. The bullpen See, was I dis- lights I out. I disagree because sure. in 2020 we saw the same thing, and this was before Cole ever showed any signs of rust. He was dominant in 2020, and he came out there on short rest, and he gave you five strong, and they pulled him. So and, on, and sh- I think, on short rest, I'm saying in game two. Well, oh no, no, no I'm talking. I'm talking about game five. Oh, okay, all right. Then I'm in saying that game, case, yes. I have a question. Uh, what, like, I've, why is it that we have an off day in between games one and two, both at home in the Bronx? So game one is it is tomorrow. Then we have Wednesday off, and then Thursday is the next game. I feel like that that fucks us completely because that gives an extra day rest to the team that just finished a wild card, and that was the whole sole reason why we were talking about it being a disadvantage to them to get no rest like they have one game yeah but they get an extra day rest right in between i just feel like that's, well, I think that's a little why, silly when you can't you can't expect them i mean you don't want to at the end of the day the league has a responsibility to protect people's arms if you're just rolling them out there the, high leverage game after back to back. high leverage game then yeah but the rest no, of the uh, teams are playing padres back to back padres just play on sunday they're playing again tomorrow which will, will be today when people listening to this and then they're playing again on wednesday i mean it's scheduling because the all four games are going to be tomorrow and then they're going to split them up so the nl turns around and plays again on tuesday but that's yeah. why we have the off day to separate it just feel like we get a little wednesday. fucked there we don't forget a little bit fucked i mean yeah but beaver's gonna be on what five days six days rest instead of five because he threw on friday i mean Maybe he'll be a little rusty. It's still he's still getting normal rest between 
Dude, the odds for all these games are kind of crazy. I'm just looking at them now. Like, I might What's the Dodgers one? Because I kind of like minus, the Padres. They're all, they're all minus 200 to minus 220. I think the Padres is an interesting matchup, if you want to talk about that, which I know they're not anything us related. But it would not shock me one bit if the Padres went out there and kind of pulled a stunner. Do you think so? I was thinking about ball, that. Dude. I like the Padres, I mean, and I really like Musgrove through. I think a lot of it, they're kind of mid-season lull. They had a lot going on, and Tatis with all of his fucking steroid shit. Like, they looked really good against the Mets, and I, I'm all for shitting on the Mets, especially with how cocky they were in the middle of the season. But the Padres look good. They looked they really, did. really, really good. That was I think that was more of a testament to the Padres than it was a knock on the Mets. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And they they had guys coming out of nowhere. I mean, Jerks and Profar looked like he was supposed to when he came up and was like the most hype prospect in baseball. Yeah, in 20, I mean, maybe not that like good. 2009. He, I was gonna say 2020. Yeah, I mean, a long time ago, sure, but he looked like good. And, and above all else, they're pitching. And I mean, you have Blake Snell, who has done it in the postseason before, and he was the hiccup, I guess. But they also Snell beat wasn't Scherzer. a hiccup. I mean, that's was the he? game they lost. I don't know. I mean, they look good. They look really, really good. I like what they do. I like when you have guys like Juan Soto that aren't afraid to drop down a bunt. Like mm-hmm. that's a guy that's gonna be. Maybe a five hundred million dollar player, and he's he's out there dropping butts down, moving runners over. They do so many things, like just not. They don't play selfish, and I. Yeah. Wild card. He he plays in center field. He's stealing base. He's doing every single thing that you could ever ask from a baseball player. Padres are sneaky a lot like not not the Guardians because the Guardians don't have the star power but that same kind of team that you kind of counted out I, I think a lot of people count the Padres out mm, uh, probably two months ago they're doing right now is kind of reaching their full potential at the right time because that's a star-studded team and they're doing they're doing everything they were supposed to do they're just doing it in October instead and of Soto October. isn't even like like he I mean obviously he was very serviceable Series. I mean, he but he's not even yet. Like that's the thing. Like, he, yeah, they, they, yeah, he fits in, and yeah, I don't know. I agree. They did that without Soto taking over the series, and he can. But. Yeah, I don't know. I think we need to focus on the American League. I think they. I think there's a relatively decent chance that the Mariners beat the Astros. Yeah, I, I do too. Honestly, that's in division too. I feel like there's a little bit of. A little bit of sass around that that matchup. <laughs> I feel like there's they're more familiar with the team. Too. They're a lot more familiar with them. I think they match up when you're talking about matching up well. I think they match up better than we would against the Astros. So that's one of our best starting chances. Starting game one for them. I know Verlander's for the Astros, but uh, uh, Logan Gilbert, Gilbert, and Logan Gilbert yeah. has been very very good yeah. this year. So, um, dude, how about Castillo? This is actually yeah. let's tie this back to the Yankees right here. We don't need to deep dive into that. You saw Castillo go out there and fucking shove, and then he buzzes Springer up in the fucking chin to back up his teammate. That I I know I know the price tag. I know the price tag was Volpe and Dominguez and probably more, but man, that I mean he is he's a true ace. He is a true ace, and yeah. that is Absolutely. and they and they locked him up for five years, and they're paying him a load of money, sure, but. I would I would take five years of Luis Castillo at damn near any price tag that it doesn't 
start with a four. And in hindsight, I think getting him right here would be potentially that thing to put the Yankees over the top. Like if we if we if we just took him and put him on this team right now, and we were talking whatever, probably game two, Cole still probably gonna go game one. So Castillo game two, the Nestor game three, and then. Now you have Sevy as your four. four. Sevy would start four in that to get full rest. So now you have those four horses in a in a seven game series. I mean, assuming they move on, it's like that is a game changer, and that's what Montas was supposed to be. And we we don't have that from him. Obviously, he's not even be fucking playing. So when you when you put it like that, obviously the price tag was slightly different for Castillo than it was for Montas. But I think I'd be willing. I know this is. You know, maybe short-sighted to say because we don't know what Volpe will become, but I think seeing what he did in one game, and I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment, but did look really good. Uh, I know you guys threw the question out there that would you rather have, what was it? Was it Seve and Nestor or just Castillo? I think I think personally I would rather have Seve. And we're talking specifically for a series, right? This is That was how you were phrasing that question. Like, would you rather go into a series? I let's said, say we were facing the Mariners right now for Castillo, like swap teams. Like, let's say we were playing the Mariners the and they had, yeah, like we were playing the Mariners in the CS, let's say, and they had Nestor and Sevy and we had Castillo. What would you prefer? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Going into a series against us more broad than that. But for this purpose, yeah, I think I would still rather have Nestor and Sevy. Yeah, I think I would too. Just and that's what, yeah, I just want to poke holes in that, but I, I think I, I, I would. Think I think Castillo. I think Castillo is your game one starter over Cole. I agree. Realist, honestly, especially this year, the fact that you have Nestor and Sevy both as options over Cole, like they, they didn't confirm that till yesterday, and I think there was a real debate. I don't think it was ever set in stone. I know Boone said a couple of weeks ago, but I think the fact that they walked it back meant that there was real discussion inside that front office that they were not going to start Garrett Cole game one. And if we were going strictly based off performance, there's you can make an argument that Garrett Cole should be starting game three. And I don't think that's an exaggeration or being prisoner of the moment. I think if you're going solely off how people have performed this year and more specifically recently, I I think you can make an argument that Garrett Cole should be starting game three. So I And I think Castillo comes in. I think he's your game one starter. Garrett Cole's a pretty fucking good two starter. And then you piece it together after that. I think in this scenario, you don't trade Jordan Montgomery. So now you're sitting here with, well, let's say you do. Let's say you do trade Jordan Montgomery just for the sake of argument. Then you're sitting there with a game three starter of Tyrone or of Domingo Herman. And look at, look at game three starters across the league. Find me an overwhelming favorite as a three starter over Tyone or Domingo Herman. Cause I don't think there is one where you're just like, it's a surefire lock. That guy would beat their ass and he's going to stick it to, Tyone or he's going to stick it to Domingo because I think they're both very capable three stars in the playoffs and I think they're both I mean is Tyone your guy you want to go out there to win a series with no no he's not it's no it's not even close but do I trust Tyone to go out there and give me five to six innings of three run baseball and keep you in a game absolutely I do and does he have the potential to go seven and give you some shutout innings yes he does but I I think you take the two aces over the ace and the and I love Severino and I love Nestor and I think that they're both I talked about two episodes ago I think Luis Severino is the most naturally talented player on this team not player but you know I mean pitcher starting pitcher and I think that Nestor Cortez 
has found a way to pitch in this league to where it's sustainable to be a top of the rotation arm. But I think when you look at Luis Castillo and you look at Garrett Cole, those guys are different. And particularly Luis Castillo. Luis Castillo is a young guy that throws 100 miles an hour with insane movement, and everything he does is he does well. I know this has no bearing on this thing, so I'll try. I'll try and you know kind of put a cork in it. But I, I think I don't. To me, it's really not that big of a debate. I would love if you could roll out Castillo Cole game one and game two. You can put something together for game three. Yeah, I mean, here's my thing. I think that you know. This was after one very good game. Obviously, he has been pitching pretty well. The tune can change very quickly on a different day. And then with two pitchers, you might be able to have a Severino to follow up a Cortez. And then, like, if some guy has a yeah. bad day, you don't have that same guy to follow up Castillo because now you're, you're, you're down a player. So I, I think having the two that are both capable and both can pitch at the level, I think, close enough to the level that Castillo can pitch, I think I, w- I would rather take. Because I think... I mean, Severino obviously has the upside to be as electric of an arm as Castillo does. So I think having that plus Nestor, I'd rather have that. But that's, I mean, this is just a hypothetical conversation. But yeah, I think honestly, like if it's just like roster spots and arms, uh, Nestor and Severino just like make more sense because those could also just be bullpen arms too. At the, at the end of the day, and especially in the playoffs, like. Janky shit happens. People can go in the bullpen. They can come out. They can start. They can come in for relief. And just having that uh, different, just like those different options in there, is more valuable. And yeah, that's how you win. Yeah, that's, that's why how I respect as having more. I respectfully disagree as far as putting them in the bullpen because I'm not who, saying you do that. I'm just the saying there's, there's more options. To, there's more options with those roster spots, and and like things get weird in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I mean, sure. They, like I'm, they can clean up and and come in out of the bullpen, like we're gonna do with Tyone, and like we're gonna do with if yeah. Montgomery was there, and like we're gonna do with Herman. you know Herman. So those type of things. But to bring it back to this series a little bit, um, I would say with that all being said, with our starting pitching and everything like that, I, I think we have the advantage no. starting pitching wise, not no. overall pitching wise. I think we have an advantage pitching wise because I, I think we're a little deeper than they are, and I think that's. Guardians? I think I think I I like our starters better than theirs to be honest. No. Nope. Yeah. I, I don't know why I, that's. I, I, I don't I think do that's that crazy. The fact that they were at least playing at home for first two games. I think that Cole's question mark because he's been struggling recently. Granted, most of those have been on the road, but we just <clears throat> saw them give up how many runs in twenty-five innings in that race series? One. Yeah. So. Mm. I, mean, I know we've, we've been pitching with the top. Chris like, McKenzie, who, in my opinion, would have been the question mark because he's what twenty five years old. He's scary. And he got shelled. That was like, disgusting. He got shelled the last time, whatever. But he is locked down. He's one of the best young pitchers in baseball that nobody talks about. Then you have Shane Bieber, obviously, and then I think that whether it's Quantrill, Savali, or Plezak, you know, that's a good three, four, two. I think Sevy's better than Quantrill, Plezak, whoever else they can roll out three. But I think that they you could argue that they have the advantage one and two, which is more important than the three because they're not going to have a second appearance. You know, if it's five games, most likely it's going to be the one and two pitching. I think the biggest matchup here, and I think it kind of sets the tone for the entire thing is can Garrett Cole keep it in the ballpark. That's the whole thing. Cause, cause, because, and that seems obvious, but the guardians can't fucking hit. 
we just saw that. And I know that we don't have the Rays pitching staff, but it's not like we're facing the Astros. We're not facing the 2017 Astros. You're not rolling out Correa and Bregman and, you know, all these just superstar after superstar. You have to pitch around Jose Ramirez. And I know they have some other guys there, but that's the guy that can really do damage. Can Garrett Cole keep it in the ballpark when runners get on base? If he can, you get out to a 1-0 lead. I think you can get enough of Cal Quantrill to scrape off a couple runs. I think you can – the bullpen's probably going to shut you down. I think if you can get to – I think if you can get to four runs tomorrow, I think you can win that game. And it just depends on Garrett Cole keeping the ballpark, which he should be able to do if you're paying him this much fucking money and you're going to roll him out there game one. Yeah, the so name of the game is first five. We have to beat them to the get, first five, and I think we, we at, at least buy ourselves the chance to win because our bullpen sucks and their bullpen's great. Exactly. That's where that's where I disagree because I think I think you need to win the first seven. I think Garrett Cole to win this series and to win tomorrow particularly, I think you need Garrett Cole to give you six to seven innings. He needs to pitch into the seventh. If Absolutely. Garrett Cole gets pulled before that and you're piecing together innings, I think you lose that game. Because Here's, that means he's that means his pitch counts running up. They're walk he's walking people at that point. And when Garrett Cole walks people, that's when, you know, at least as of late, I know that's not the pitcher he is. You don't pay a pitcher $324 million that has mental opposions. But as of late, once he starts walking people, he starts getting a little erratic, starts getting not, not to where he's losing control, but he's losing control of the strike zone. If you know what I mean? Like yeah. he's command. not, he's not dotting anymore. Command, he's not accuracy. Or was it <laughs> command sure. control? Command. Yeah. He's losing, he's losing command, not control. So, so of course, of course he's not commanding the strike zone anymore. He's throwing balls down the middle. Cause he's pissed off and like, all right, fuck you. I'm tired of walking somebody here's, you know, 99 down the dick and it gets taken up into the bleachers. Avoid that tomorrow. Yeah. Pitch into the seventh, get to your big bullpen arms, get to Wandy, get to, God, that's weird to say a year after <laughs> last year. Get to Wandy, get to Holmes, get to your guys that can shut that game down with a two, three run lead. I think I think you win that game. I was more Here's so saying one, one thing. I was more so saying just win the starter battle. Not not first five specifically, only like be like your starter win that matchup. Like if we if we run them out in the early innings, that'd be really fucking awesome because then they're great bullpen. If we can tax their bullpen, because I, I think their bullpen's good, and you see it obviously because they held the not not great offense in the Rays to not a lot of runs because you know like they, I think outside of Class A and maybe I'm being naive, Class A and and Karen Check they don't really have crazy heavy hitters that I know of at least that are household names. Maybe I'm just being stupid and I didn't pay enough attention to them. But I think with a better offense in ours versus the Rays, I mean we're we're definitely in for a lot of low scores in this entire series, I think, because their pitching is great and our hit, or it depends. Is our hitting going to show up outside of Garrett Cole? I, I, excuse me, outside of Aaron Judge? I think, I'm hoping that it will with the additions of Benatendi probably and Carpenter. Um, I think those are going to be big ads, and I think, what do you mean? For the DS? Oh, he's not going to be in the DS, excuse me. Um, I don't know. I, I think with Glaber being hot then, just I think the bats are alive, and I think... Um, I mean, we, we need to get. They're gonna put more to runs in the race. Starting, we need to get the guys out early, early because you know I know it was what one of the Guardians play last. It was Saturday, so they'd be playing four days after. They they did pitch seven bullpen arms on Saturday, 
Right, make so. them use their bullpen arms again yeah, on short get them, rest. Get them and... out there on short rest, and then get get them out there early and often, and hopefully Garakul doesn't implode and you win the game. <laughs> that's yeah. That's the that's the was it? Uh, who does the the Paul blueprints? O'Neal's, Paul O'Neill's keys the game, whatever he does. Well, so you want to talk about Paul O'Neill's keys and like the key of keys. This is the game. where this is where it's interesting for Cole matchup wise. Cole more than anyone else is that. He's a strikeout pitcher who allows home runs. And the Guardians have a lineup that doesn't hit a lot of home runs but puts the ball in play. So what's it going to be? Is Cole going to show up, shove it down their throat, and you know get K's because he's Garrett Cole? Or is he going to leave a couple out of the plate in a team that's not really home run built, catch a couple in a hitter-friendly ballpark? And it's it's going to be one or the other. I don't think he's going to have 14 strikeouts and allow three home runs. Like, you know – yeah, he's going to have to keep the ball in the yard. Like Chandler was saying, they're a contact hitting team and you're going to have to pitch to contact a little bit. You're not going to be striking out 10 guys. You know, he could go seven innings and he might have five strikeouts and we're not going to pretend like Garrett Cole's not good for that. He, they're a contact hitting team. You're not going to strike. You're not going to have 10 strikeouts against them. It's just not going to happen. All it's right, whether or not they can hit. Think, what do you think Garrett you know, Cole's leash is tomorrow? I, his leash is as long as he doesn't implode. Yeah, I don't think he has a leash. If, just, yeah. He has no, no leash. No, he's no, gonna, I, if he's, I mean if he's like, Garrett Cole, if he's the Garrett Cole you paid and well, he shows up, yeah. his leash is 120 pitches. No, no, I, I meant I meant leash in different contexts. I meant, like, I feel like the games that he's imploded, he's still pitching. You know, like, uh, Aaron Boone leaves him out there. You, you know, he's let, let five runs. He's throwing 100 pitches. They'll leave him in. No like, if what. he gets in a sticky situation. Yeah, I think, they, a, I think uh, they would leave him in. And he lets up five runs. Do we, does he, is he still pitching? If he lets up five yeah. runs, no, that would be an implosion. Well, five, but maybe not. But if he like, gets into a sticky spot where bases are loaded, they're not going to take him out. They're going to let him. Let him. No, I'm, they're going to let him get to the point about, of fucking up massively. Uh, but I'm hopefully that doesn't like happen. How many, how many runs until he gets pulled? Because I feel like the whole season he's, he's had some issues, and Boone has kept him in. Yeah, it depends how I they come. Like Cole, if they come one every Cole. inning, then not so much. Like, f- like four. Saying four is a very blanket statement. Like, if it comes four in one spot, yeah, they'll take him out. But I, I think also it depends if it's going to be four to four or four nothing. Yeah, like I, I think it's very much a depends situation. Like Murph likes to say, but it's just like I don't know. I, I think if they do, if he gets in a spot where he is going to blow up and it seems like the writing is in the wall, like bases are loaded, he's walking people, he's hitting people, he looks upset. I think they're still going to let him go in there and blow up. Like I, I think. He's at least earned that with his I name. I don't actually. I do. I think the, the with the bullpen being this that bad, the, I think unless you're using Tyone or Domingo like earlier, I don't think they're going to use them earlier than necessary. I think they're going to let him just try and figure it out because they've done that. They've shown that they're not going to pull him early. So I don't know. I, I personally would. I'd rather have because Cole's a good playoff pitcher. So I would prefer to have him. Even with all these blowups recently, I think I'd rather let him figure it out than put somebody else cold in. I'm not saying they're going to let him go and give up four in the first, but I think if it's like the fifth inning and he looks a little rattled and he starts walking people, I think they pull him. I think they yank him. And I, I would have, if you asked me a week ago what I thought, I think they would have left him in. But the fact that they were hesitant to make him the game one starter makes me think that leash is a little shorter. Like if he gets into that spot, contrary to popular belief, Aaron Boone's not an idiot. I, and we've talked about this at length. Has he made some bad decisions? Yes. But us as fans will never know truly how much he makes and how much the front office makes. And I, th- I think that al- analytics and what they call down to him has a lot to do with what, with what he does. I, and I think going into games, he has a sheet. 
if you get in this situation, you will do this. And I, I mean, there's proof of that. He's just made decisions that no rational human would make. So I, I really do. I do believe the leash is a little shorter. Not, I know that contradicts myself. I think if he's going his normal way and the Yankees are winning that game, they'll let they'll ride him out. Like, I don't, I don't think they're going to force take him out. I don't think they're going to take him out because it's a third time through the order. I think the leash is long in that sense, but I think the leash is short when you're looking at, okay, we have a two zero ball game and Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole just missed a borderline strike. That would have been a huge momentum builder. Now he's walked two runners He's giving it. He gave up a really hard out that went to the warning track. Then I think it gets dicey, and I think I think they pull him. I really do. Like I said, a week ago, I don't give you that answer, but the fact that they considered yanking him from the game one start that that makes that leads me to believe that his leash in those high leverage spots has gone down a little bit. That's fair. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up outside of this is, uh, did you guys notice how much weight Josh Naylor gained? <laughs> yeah, I sent it to you. I know. Look, I at, to, look at 2020. I wanted to say it on the air 20, because last time. Look at 2020 versus 2022. <laughs> he was like a speed threat in 2020. Like, I feel like he was a center fielder, not a first baseman. That was just a fucking log there. But No, I still think again. he was a, he was the first baseman, but for those that don't that weren't paying a keen eye on uh, the Josh Naylor situation, Josh Naylor is the guy who had that crazy crazy good postseason. I think it was the series before we played them. Was it in 2020? No, he destroyed us in 2020. That was in we 2020. He just he got, yeah, a hit, a he got like five hits incredible. a game. Yeah, he was incredible. So, that is the Josh Naylor. That was a different Josh Naylor. That was 200 pounds Josh Naylor. He's now 250 pounds. I uh, just checked. He's actually 250 pounds, 5'11". It's a big dude. Um yeah, I just that, that was one thing I want to point out that yes, he's big and yes, that was the guy who was very good against us last time. So hopefully that doesn't happen again. I think he's not as lean as he used to be, so he might not be hitting as many balls. But um, yeah, might land one on the train tracks now. Yeah, he's going to. Um, any uh, predictions for some of the the Yankees? Who do you think is going to be your big? Uh, I know we talked a lot about pitching this episode. So who do you think from the Offensive side is gonna is gonna show up outside. You know of who's Mr. gonna matter more than anybody, and I'm gonna go first. It's gonna be Giancarlo because he is that postseason. Chandler and I talked about it on the last episode. His postseason numbers from you know I guess his tenure on the Yankees, and he is one of our 2020 biggest, on 2020 on. So one of our biggest postseason bats, and he's been Not struggling. And kind of figuring it out, I guess, in the last couple of days of the season. So which Giancarlo are we going to get? That's the single biggest factor in the lineup, not named Aaron Judge, is are we going to get Giancarlo Stanton of August into September? Or are we going to get October Giancarlo? Well, specifically with him, too, Aaron Judge matters in this conversation as well because he would be protecting Aaron Judge. And, you know, are they going to just walk Aaron Judge again? Every single at-bat, probably not going to pitch directly to him. And I think if they do load him on on base more or less intentionally, having Stanton behind him, who's probably going to be hitting two, either him or Rizzo. I feel like um, it could be Rizzo. And that's, a, that's another conversation too. Like, do you think and this might be what you're about to say, Chandler? Do you think Judge is still going to bat leadoff? That's not what I was going to say at, at all. Uh, yes, I think he'll probably bat leadoff. I'm going to answer the question of who do I think is going to be the unsung hero, the bat that needs to come alive. And this is going to sound like just blasphemy coming from my mouth, 
I think the guy Wait, that wins this series. No, because it's obvious. I think the guy that's going to win the series for the Yankees, the guy that's going to, if you're going to win, you need his bat, Josh Thompson. Yeah, that's he's going to be one. hitting. He's going to be hitting four or five. If you have him out there being the Josh Donaldson of the first hundred and forty games, where he's rolling into double plays, he's pimping flyouts like shallow flyouts to center field. I think you struggle offensively, and then it's anybody's game. I think if Josh Donaldson comes out there and he takes over a series and he's he's doing what the Josh Donaldson of old would do or the Josh Donaldson on the road or pick a Josh Donaldson that's not first 150 game Yankees at home Josh Donaldson except for that one walk if he yeah except for the one grand slam except for the one game pick if the whole thing I'm getting at is if you really really want to win the want to take it over and make a statement offensively it's got to come from the middle of the order order who's that middle of the order bat that's just kind of floating by that's going to get a thousand chances it's josh donaldson especially especially if dj lemayhu doesn't make this team because of how hurt he is josh donaldson has to he has to wake up if you want to make a if you want to make a statement offensively what do you think the odds are that mr uh Mr. This is obviously a big youth game. That being the the Guardians being one of the youngest teams, the youngest team in baseball. Do you think Mr. Oswaldo Cabrera has a chance to be that guy to make some fireworks? I think he'll be a regular contributor. Yeah. I think a lot of us are just wanting him to be and kind of willing it into existence. Like, oh, no, Greg yeah. Bird, no Greg Bird. Like here comes Cabrera. He's going to be this postseason hero. I think he's going to have a fine series. I think some of the guys, like I said, that I mentioned, John Carlos Stanton, like Murph mentioned. Donaldson, like I mentioned, if you're going to want to win and you want to make a statement offensively, those are two of the biggest names that have to – something has to click for them. Yeah, and I'll say I'll say this too with – Yeah, I'll say this with the bats. Uh, say what you want. We had the conversation already about the starting pitching, how they match up, and the bullpen, how they match up. Our bats are obviously better, and that's, that's not up for debate. And I honestly – Throughout the lineup, I'm more confident in this. Like, the more, it's not just Aaron Judge nowadays. It feels like, and I think they're gonna they're gonna turn it on a little bit during the playoffs. I mean, Glaber's been hitting out of the like, out yeah. of his mind for the last month or plus. Rizzo, I think, loves the big moment. I think he's probably gonna be protecting Judge. I think Judge is gonna see more pitches than he usually would. I know they're probably not out of all the people in the lineup. They're gonna pitch to him the least, but I think he's gonna see more pitches than he was during the home run chase. So I think there's that. Um, which version of Aaron Judge are we gonna get? Because we had a few days off. Obviously, he was pretty exhausted. Like I don't know. That's that's something to to consider there. Did he change his swing at the end of the season to get the home run record? Like that's all things that I want to see and what to watch for for me. Um, yeah, I think Stanton being one of the the big contributors there is is gonna be the one the big X factor to me to see like how well is he gonna protect Judge. So I, I think we're uh, done here, I suppose. So um, <laughs> I'll, we'll see you guys next time. Uh, we'll probably do episodes after every single game, but I'll catch you guys later. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.